What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That's David Lake. Early signing period, uh, roughly 24 hours away. Uh, I guess it could be a lot sooner depending on when you are listening to this podcast, but that's what this episode's all about. We're going to talk recruiting. Um, going to give you the latest intel we know as we're in the 11th hour crunch time. Um, if you guys don't know, the early signing period was put into place by the NCAA three years ago. Uh, it stretches three days, Thursday through, or I'm sorry, excuse me, Wednesday through Friday. Then things go dead, and then you have your traditional national signing day uh, in February. I think last year was close to 80% of the kids in the class of 2019 ended up signing early, and uh, they're projecting it to be pretty close to that. So a lot of names going to come off the board. Um, David, are you are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm excited to see how it how it all wraps up. Um, you know, we'll get into how it's looking here in a minute, but. Uh... Manny Diaz's first full recruiting class, so we'll see how how it starts to look after this early signing period. Yeah, um, first first real recruiting class. I guess we should point out right now Miami sitting at twenty verbal commitments. Uh, that ranks, I think, fifteenth on the twenty four seven sports. Yeah, fifteenth yep. right now. There's going to be some shuffling, uh, but right now they do have a top fifteen class. They just had a huge recruiting weekend. Um, it was at 13 of the 20 commits were on campus and, uh, most of those guys are expected to sign here on Wednesday. Yeah. The sense you get, uh, coming out of that weekend, all those guys are very solid, right? With their commitments and there's no wavering going on amongst those 13. Yeah. Uh, those were your Don Chaney's, your Jalen Knighton's, uh, the Oakleaf two, Chance Williams, Jalen Rivers, it, those were most of Miami's most solid commits, and by all accounts, everything went well. I know there were some rumors that were circulating that Jalen Knighton might get up to Florida State for a visit uh, late Sunday night. That didn't end up happening. So, yeah, out of the 13 that were on campus, everyone seemed to be pretty locked in. Let's jump into the one guy who was uncommitted on this recent visit weekend, Jaden Francois. What do you know? about him he's out of south dade safety had 12 picks as a junior um four-star guy tell us what you know about Jaden francois coming off that visit well it's a two-team battle and i think we've been kind of hinting at this for a while i think it's going to come down to miami and nebraska um those are the schools we keep hearing again and again coming out of the visit it sounds like things went really well but the folks in Coral Gables still aren't sure what Jaden's going to do. And I think it's hard to kind of figure out what or, or hard to trust a kid and take his word when you have lost his commitment twice. So, um, you know, I, as of I, I think it was late Monday night, I, I kind of got some messages back from some people. We don't know what he's going to do. And for being honest right now, I'd kind of project him to end up signing with Nebraska on Wednesday just because I think that's that's what my gut's telling me, and that's just the way I think this one's kind of trending. Let's move on now to uh, the targets that Miami is looking to add to the class on Wednesday. Uh, let's start with five-star linebacker Justin Flo out of California. What's the latest with Miami and Flo? Uh, not looking good. Um, you know, Miami has been chipping away at Justin Flo really 
for six months now. They got him on campus uh, for the Louisville game for that official visit. The, the staff felt like they may have had some traction going. Things were going in the right direction. And then you had the loss to FIU and the loss to Duke. And I think that really, really hurt Miami. Um, right now, it sounds like it's going to be Oregon or USC for flow. I know a lot of people thought initial, initially that it was Clemson. But I think distance all of a sudden kind of became a factor there. Clemson ended up t- taking a commitment from five-star linebacker Trenton Simpson on Saturday. Um, that basically took kind of flow spot in the class. So a lot of people are thinking Oregon, but I wouldn't watch out for USC. And I think Miami right now is, is running a distant third in that one. Okay. How about five-star tight end Darnell Washington out of Las Vegas? What's, what's your sense there with Miami and him? I think if Miami is going to land a, a unicorn or if there's going to be a surprise or anything like that, it would have to be with Darnell Washington. Um, you know, we've discussed them at length on this podcast, but just kind of my read and I received some audio of him on Sunday after as he was leaving Tennessee. Uh, he was talking all about the volunteers and then he kind of brought up Miami on his own and, and talked about uh, in home the in-home visit he had with Manny Diaz and the offensive staff, and it sounds like things went really well there. He's scheduled right now to sign on Wednesday and then not reveal anything until January 2nd at the Under Armour All-America game in Orlando. I think there's a chance that he might actually just not sign um, and then kind of so he could weigh out his options some more and then announce it at at the uh, Under Armour game. And right now, Georgia leads on the crystal ball. It seems like they're the the team many many think is is the one to beat. But I think Tennessee's in there. I think Miami's in there. Um, and we'll just kind of see how that goes. So if there is going to be one maybe surprise, or if you're holding out hope for one, you know, miracle, hail Mary, I think it's Starnell Washington in this class. And he's an early enrollee guy. I actually do not think he is. Uh, so he could okay. actually extend this into to February as well. But the thing is, he has he has no official visits left to use. I mean, he's he's exhausted and taken all five. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the next guy, four star linebacker Keyshawn Green, who is from Crawfordville, Florida, uh, near near Tallahassee. He was a longtime Florida State commit, and he decommitted during his Miami official visit a couple weeks back. Um, He kind of surprised me with what he did this past weekend. Uh, I guess tell us about the latest with Keyshawn Green and what's going on there with Miami. I don't don't think you're the only one that was surprised because I had received some information kind of on Friday, I think, which was after we recorded the last podcast that – Nebraska felt like um, it was a, they were a long shot to land uh, Green, and then all of a sudden, come Sunday, he's committed. And from what I've gathered, Mom is kind of a big factor in this decision. You know, she didn't visit uh, or accompany Keyshawn on, the, on his trip down to Miami. He went down here with an uh, came down with an uncle. Then she she went up to Nebraska with him, and I I think that's one of the main reasons why he committed when he did. So. Uh, Miami, as of I think early Tuesday, was still in contact with Keyshawn. But the thing is, is so they need to win over Mom, and I'm not sure it's going to happen. I, I'm not projecting that to happen. I think he's going to end up at Nebraska, and that's 
that's a big blow for Miami just because I think they were on him faster than anyone else once uh, Willie Ta- once yeah once Willie Taggart was let go in Tallahassee and um, they're just not going to be able to find a way to get him in the class and I, I I think that hurts just because number one he's an elite blue chip talent and number two you should be able to beat out Nebraska for for an in-state kid like that. Do you have any sense what the concern is with mom is it kind of a big city miami thing she's nervous about that or do you do you have any idea what it is i i don't I, but i if i was gonna if i were to guess it would be that okay um let's move on to cornerback where miami's trying to add another guy at that position in this class uh they've targeted Devonte brown who's a three-star guy out of american heritage he is a Miami legacy. His dad played at Miami um, in the early 90s. And then uh, another guy, three-star Ronald Delancey, who I don't think has visited, right? He's from Northwestern. Right. He's committed to Nebraska. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah. I, I don't see Miami getting either one of these guys. Um, okay. I talked to Ronald after Miami Northwestern won a state title on Saturday up in Daytona Beach. Uh, he said it's it's pretty much all Nebraska. And then with Devontae Brown, you know, Miami was pushing for him, but um, I just, based on the people I talk with, I, I think he ends up at UCF. I don't think it's going to be Pittsburgh, who's the other school in his top three. And Miami liked Devontae. I, I, was, I was fine with the take, but I think he might be a little intimidated by what Miami has on the depth chart. And I'm sure some Miami fans are confused by that, uh, but the reality is that's a Corey Couch and and Christian Williams. Those are two freshmen that played, and Devontae would be coming in and working behind those guys. So I think that's one of the reasons why he likely ends up at UCF, just because he thinks there's a path probably to see the field there uh, a lot earlier. All right, let's move on to an offensive line target that took an official visit to Miami two weeks ago. Three-star offensive guard. Kobe Baines, he's committed to Louisville. Miami uh, was looking to flip him, but what's what's going on there with Miami? Again, I mean, this is kind of the theme of the podcast. Uh, I don't I don't see Miami getting him on signing day. You know, when he took an official visit two weeks ago, there was a lot of people that thought he was going to flip, like that was going to happen. He was going to flip to Miami. Then he ends up sitting down with. Uh, Manny Diaz and leaves town uncommitted. So right now I expect him to stick with Louisville. He's saying that there will be a decision of sorts on Wednesday. Um, but I, I think Miami uh, was, was just initially just too late to the party and couldn't convince the right people they needed to that Miami was the spot for him. So I think he sticks um, with the Cardinals. And then let's go to Jesus Machado, who's a, a linebacker out of uh, Champagnat. Uh, Catholic in Hialeah. Uh, Miami offered him kind of late in the process. I guess it's it wasn't technically a committable offer. Um, but yeah, what's going on there? Do you think Miami will take him if if it comes down to that on Wednesday, like they miss on all these linebacker targets? Are they going to make a move with Machado and let him jump on board? It doesn't sound like everyone in Coral Gables is kind of fully on board with Machado. Um, I was talking to his high school coach on Monday. He thinks that Machado is, a, is probably going to sign with Tulane because Tulane's the school that's going to make 
uh, a move on him. They're, they're, they're the one that's kind of zeroed in on him or, or is going to give him a green light. You mentioned it in one of your recent VIP war rooms what, that uh, you know kind of gives a, an overview of where things stand with Miami's recruiting efforts that if Miami did add Machado to the class, it would really solidify things with his teammate, Jalen Harrell, who's a safety that's already committed, uh, but might be kind of still talking to Georgia Tech. Um, I guess, where do you feel like things stand now with Jalen Harrell on Tuesday morning? Are things going to be fine or, or are things up in the air there? Uh, I think they're fine. I, and I did write in, in that war room on Miami dot two four seven sports.com i did with that i had heard or learned that uh georgia tech had made an in-home visit with um with jalen i think it was late last week i don't know which coaches were there uh if you go back to a few weeks ago when jalen picked miami i'd said for a long time that i thought georgia tech was i'd done an excellent job of recruiting him and they should definitely be considered a threat but as of of late Monday, I was texting with, with Jalen, and he made it seem like everything was fine with the Hurricanes and that he would sign with the Hurricanes. So he's one to monitor, uh, but I, I'm expecting, and I believe that he ends up signing with Miami. And let's wrap this player-by-player player section up with the guy, one of the commits who, there is some drama going on uh, here at the 11th hour, a defensive end or, or pass rusher, I guess, Romello Height who's from the state of Georgia. I think he's a big-time talent. He's a four-star guy, uh, but an SEC program is making a late push, and there seems to be some uncertainty there with whether or not he's going to stick with his Miami commitment. Uh, tell us what you know there. Well, we kind of called this, right? <laughs> We've been saying for a long time that Romello Height is an SEC-type talent, and we wouldn't be surprised if an SEC school uh, got involved late, and that's exactly what has happened. Um, Auburn, I guess, has been keeping in contact with Height behind the scenes for a couple months now. Um, some photos surfaced of him on Sunday, but it made it look like he took an unof- or took, excuse me, an official visit to Auburn. Height came back out and said that those photos were old. Um, and I know he sent another site, a, a photo of his feet posted up uh, in his living room, which I don't know what, what that means or, any, or anything. So as it stands early Tuesday morning, it seems like Height could legitimately flip and sign with um, Auburn on on Wednesday. And uh, I, I'm asking around, uh, our Auburn site's kind of been asking around as well, and it seems like right now, no one knows what he's going to do. So every year Miami finds themselves in, in some type of drama recruitment on, on, on signing day, and this is the one. And recent history would suggest that this is not good news for Miami. It's It would be a big deal for Miami to lose them, right? He's a big-time talent. Yeah, and I'm sure if they were to lose him, the, the case will be made that they got Chance Williams and Quentin Williams were two uh, athletic and talented defensive ends, which they are. But at the same time, the optics of this do not look good um, at all. Like Manny talked about back in, in September when he was implementing those new, re- new recruiting protocols that 
They were going to protect the program, and if, that if you're looking around, we're looking around, we're not going to guarantee you a spot. And um, for them to not realize or try to protect themselves with height is is a bit uh, of an oversight that that isn't good. Like, how do they not see this coming? And um, I mean, who knows? Height could absolutely sign with Miami uh, on Wednesday, but right now, I just. The smoke is there's too much smoke out there, and I think it's just not a good look for Miami. I mean, would you not a- agree? And especially with Manny going on the radio and saying time and time again that they got these true canes committed, it's just not 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 a good look. It would be a uh, it would be a bad loss for the class. Um, you know, especially too like the kid. What just a week before said he's a thousand percent committed, right? After meeting with Manny and his official visit, and then Auburn still finds a way to, you know, get him on campus for a secret official visit. That's just uh, that's a bad look. I'm sure that's frustrating for Miami behind the scenes. I, I'm sure they're very frustrated by this situation. Um, but yeah, I guess so. When we look at Wednesday, kind of what we're monitoring, we're going to be monitoring mainly Jaden Francois, what he decides to do between Miami and Nebraska, maybe Keyshawn Green, if if Miami can make some headway there with Miami and Nebraska being the two main main schools, Romello Height, whether he sticks with Miami or flips to Auburn. And then Jesus Machado, does Miami allow him to commit to the class? Is that fair to say? Yeah. So my, I guess, storylines to follow heading into the early signing period is what happens with Jaden Francois? Like he's the one that could go either way. I guess you could put Keyshawn Green in that same category. So those are two Miami-Nebraska battles. Right now, I'm kind of if I'm handicapping them, I, I don't think they win either one. Um, does Darnell Washington sign early or not? I think if he waits, that's a good sign for Miami. Uh, and then, like you said, what happens with Romello Height and Jalen Harrell? I think Jalen Harrell sticks, but Height, there's a legitimate chance he flips. And then, do they give a green light to a guy like Jesus Machado? And maybe there's some other guys that could emerge uh, in the 11th hour. I mean crazy things happen around signing day, but those, those are kind of the storylines right now. So what is it about Nebraska? Like, why is Nebraska being like able to beat Miami in these recruiting battles right now? What's, what's going on with that? Cause Nebraska went five and seven this season. It's not like they're killing it, uh, on the field. Um, yeah. What explanation would you have for that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, Scott Frost is nine and fifteen in in two seasons at Nebraska. Um, I don't remember them being this active in in South Florida last year, right? Were they? No, no. I would say no. I, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I I think I've said this before, or maybe I wrote it. You know, one of the main issues Miami in battles they have is is when you're recruiting a South Florida kid, all that kid has heard the past couple of weeks is is how Miami went six and six and they lost to FIU and they lost to Duke and it's the end of the world and, and Manny Diaz needs to go and no one's really talking about how Nebraska went five and seven. So 
I think Nebraska's kind of using that as to their advantage. They're they're coming down here, and you know their shit don't stink down here in South Florida. I mean, no one really knows. They're like just hey, that's Nebraska, and I, I think that might be some of it. Um, that would be my guess. I mean, do you think that's a plausible exp- explanation? It might be. I wonder too. Like, I don't know if this is the case, but is Nebraska just outworking Miami? I don't know. You don't have to answer that, but I'm just going to throw that out there as maybe being a reason. But um, yeah, it's definitely interesting that a team that could really make or break Miami's uh, early signing day that they're competing head to head against is Nebraska, who's five and seven and not looking good either. So that's kind of where things are right now, I guess, though. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. And so, yeah, it, it, the team that's going to make and break, like you said, is, is Nebraska. And last year it was Florida. And like, I get Florida. Florida was playing. <laughs> yeah. Was good. And, and, it's just different, I guess. So this signing period, it's been a it's been a new thing for what, three cycles now? Is that right? Yeah. And started uh, in twenty eighteen. And so, you know, is it fair to say this could be Miami in general hasn't had great early signing periods in terms of landing big time prospects on that day. It's mainly been about keeping their current commits together, holding on. Um, is that going to be just more of the same this cycle? Well, for being honest, I think this could be uh, probably the worst of the three years. Let's go back to 2018. That was Miami's Storm 18 class. Really, everyone kind of signed that was expected to. They added Jaron Williams. They flipped him from Kentucky kind of uh, a few weeks before signing day. And then the real drama was Nesta Silvera, who they were able to fend off Florida for it. And that was the February one. You know, they missed out on Tyson Campbell and, and Pat Sertan and Andrew Chatfield, but that was all in, uh, in, in, in February. Last winter, they missed out on the two kids from Lakeland, Keon Zipper and Lloyd Summerall. Tyreek Stevenson and John Dunmore. And I think when I was going through my notes, the real big win last year during that early signing period was the staff getting Sam Brooks to to stay and sign. Remember, Sam Brooks kind of decommitted once Manny Diaz left. And then Jonathan Patkey and Ephraim Bonda were able to kind of right the ship and get him to sign. Like that was that was the big win last year. Am I am I right on that? Yes, I think so. Now, this year, I mean, we've gotten to the point where if they hold on to height, that would be considered a win. Um, so that would be like the same thing as, as Sam Brooks, and it just doesn't seem like they're going to add really any of these other pieces. So if they were to lose Romello height um, and not get Jaden and Francois, it, it would be a pretty bad finish. Now, we have to acknowledge that they did add Jalen Knighton and they did add Jalen Harrell to the class a few weeks ago. But just in terms of what many would consider a close or a finish, this would probably be um, one of the more uneventful ones. Now, there's still talented pieces in Miami's 2020 class like 
we're not saying this is a terrible group. It would still probably finish in the top 20. I was playing around with that class calculator. It would still be a top 20 ranked class, but it would just be really the third straight year that Miami doesn't add anyone at the early signing period, like make any splashes. And uh, yeah, right? Like third straight year. It, it would probably be the worst one if they were to, to lose height. Yeah, no doubt. So, okay, let's say Miami ends the day with 19 or 20 commitments, depending on whether Romello Height sticks. Um, and maybe Jaden Francois comes. So maybe it gets up to 21. Do you expect Miami to be aggressive with the guys who don't sign early and, and sign in February? How aggressive do you think Miami will be uh, trying to add? S- four to six more pieces in this class? It really depends on what's available, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was last year. You know, last year Miami got Gerard Harrison Hunt in the second signing wave. Um, They almost got George Pickens. Um, They got Christian Williams. And then they got a bunch of transfers. But that's all because Miami kind of was able to hit reset when Manny took over for Mark Richt, it was the TNM. They had all this energy going, and it's just going to be hard for them to generate any of that buzz, right? Right. Like, yeah, momentum. The momentum will be interesting, and honestly, too, going into that point, we'll see how things go with this bowl game, Independence Bowl. Like, if Miami doesn't win that game, it's going to be really hard to recruit for this February signing day. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, a new coach brings new energy, new momentum on the recruiting trail. Um, So, yeah, I I agree with that point. Like, they're going to try to get guys and Delan, top 247 safety, Avante Williams, like, he's someone who will probably be in play. But it's going to be hard uh, unless there's some type of, of change of narrative. And we've hinted at this. Maybe if you were to change, like, OCs, that would kind of give you... Um, a new identity and and whatnot, right. but I, like yeah, if Miami ends Wednesday or or by the end of Friday and they have nineteen or twenty, they're going to have room to go get guys. I just don't know if the, how many legitimate big time talents they're going to be able to get in with and whatnot. I think it would be more realistic to think they go the transfer portal route if that were to be kind of the case. Okay. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, wrapping things up here. We'll see how things go on Wednesday. Um, I like to keep it positive, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, uh, hopefully these guys stick with their commitments, and maybe they can add a Jaden Francois. We'll find out. But is there anything else you, you'd like to add, Andrew? Not really. Um, you know, I just I'm calling it how I see it. Like, sure. I haven't made my final predictions yet. I'll have my final predictions up Tuesday night at some point on the site. I mean, that'll be a VIP story. Right now, I just don't don't think it's looking like it's going to be too good of a of a finish. I do agree with what I said in the beginning of the podcast. Like, I, I really feel like Miami is alive for Darnell Washington. Am I saying he's coming? No, but if there's one surprise, it could be him and. Um, We'll see how it goes. But for some reason, Scott Frost is, is putting it to Manny Diaz in Miami the cycle. Yeah, it's interesting. All right. So, yeah, I mean, we're recording this at 
10.30 on Tuesday morning. So honestly, there's still a lot that could happen in recruiting in this 11th hour. That's just the way things go uh, on the day before signing day. So, you know, stay on the website. Uh, A lot of stuff can change between now and Wednesday morning. Uh, So, yeah, stay locked in. And we will wrap this signing early signing period up in our next podcast. And hopefully we have a lot of good things to talk about. We'll talk to you guys next time. Later.